EMS World Expo is the largest EMS dedicated event in the world, and it's taking you places. And now we bring you stories from Expo. Hey everybody, Mike Verkes from the Second Shift Podcast here at EMS World. This is Stories from EMS with EMS Garage, sponsored by EMS World. I'm here with a couple of really amazing people. So Dr. Marcosi, good to meet you. Good to meet you. Five minutes ago, right? Yeah, We're exactly old friends right, now. Yeah. And Deputy Chief Mark Fletcher, how's it going? Good, good, good. Awesome. We got some really good stuff that we're going to talk about. And we're not talking about little bits of EMS. We're talking big picture EMS stuff. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your neck of the woods up there? Certainly. I think we have some really innovative things we're doing in Baltimore City. I, I guess we want, to, we want to step back initially. I think that we have a challenge with regard to healthcare delivery in our nation. I think it's consuming what, 18% of our GDP presently, and it's potentially projected to be more. Sure. Uh, so eventually we're gonna have to start making decisions as a nation on, do you pay for education, or do you pay for roads? Or do you pay for healthcare, or do you pay for defense? And to that end, the trajectory we're on, it's not sustainable. Not a good one. So what do we do about that? Um, I think that we have an opportunity for pre-hospital providers, and I'm gonna shorten, shorten that to EMS. Yeah. EMS has an opportunity to inject itself in an area that to, to, to better address health perspectives overall. Yeah. I'll tell you some challenges. The first is the, finan the financial infrastructure to do this uh, won't meet uh, where we are presently, won't meet what we need to do. So operations don't meet the financial, the financial infrastructure to accomplish it. Medicaid, Medicare, private payers, they don't understand just operationalizing, doing things right in the field. The second piece of our challenge, and certainly we're seeing it in Baltimore City, is that healthcare doesn't spell EMS real well. Uh, they don't understand outcomes. How does EMS link with what we're doing in the, in the hospital? Absolutely. And then how do we transition that to the outpatient sector and EMS can actually serve a role there. The third piece of it, EMS owns. EMS actually may have a nomenclature problem. Emergency medical services does not necessarily blend well with mobile integrated healthcare. For sure. This is not an emergency care system, but yet here's EMS stepping into the role of mobile integrated healthcare. So potentially better is how do we think about pre-hospital care overall? Pre-hospital care doesn't necessarily think about transitions of care out of the hospital, but it does think about how we actually pivot from an EMS construct to a pre-hospital construct. Sure. So we're not going back in the hospital. Sure. The last piece of this is contentious. EMS falls under largely fire departments to deliver care. I understand it. It's where we are to date nationally and largely. Yeah. And it's no fault of our fire colleagues that that's where we are to date. But I'm not sure our fire leadership across the nation understands the complexities of healthcare delivery, linking patient care to outcomes and transitions of care. So maybe EMS can actually think about it as its own entity walking shoulder to shoulder with our fire department colleagues, but not necessarily under the leadership structure that fire that may limit the innovation that we're talking about now and what we're doing and what Deputy Chief Mark Fletcher is doing within Baltimore City. So I always thought that, that EMS was a great gatekeeper into the healthcare system. Like we can really control based on things like alternative destination, things like that, letting people in the system and not. So I'm curious, 
Um, I know you guys were talking a little bit about alternative destinations, but what, what kind of stuff are you guys doing in Baltimore City? So I want to start off by saying, you know, Baltimore is, um, we're a very busy EMS system. Per capita, we're one of the busiest systems in the United States. Um, currently, we're running over 157,000 911 calls. Wow. This is up about 30,000 from just three years ago. So our call volumes picked up. Yep. Un unfortunately, many of our calls are not for emergent um, cases. They're for low acuity or primary care complaints. Absolutely. As you mentioned, they could be handled in alternative destinations or through a, a change in the way we deliver services to our citizens. Um, so we, although we are currently the gatekeeper through the 911 system, um, a lot of innovation and development and policy needs to move forward and be developed so that we can get that patient to an appropriate destination or manage that patient on scene or get that patient to dentistry or primary care. So how we move forward is where EMS is now currently sitting and um, designing or figuring out how to move forward to best meet the needs of the patient while lowering cost, um, total per capita cost across sure. in healthcare. You know, Mark has been a champion in Baltimore City to get a lot of the work done work to date. And I'll be honest with you, we, we have a very, we're pushing the envelope. And pushing the envelope, uh, you know, this guy works holidays, nights, and weekends, and vacations to get this work done. I'm sure. Uh, but we have two different models. First, we, as, as Mark was talking about, we have a pre-hospital component. So we actually try to deliver care on scene. Uh, we we're looking at alternative destinations. And now here's where the challenge. You've got this new ET3 model. ET3 is not a, a pre-hospital and EMS agenda. It is pivoting a healthcare delivery system to the right time at the right for the right patient yeah, uh, yeah. to deliver at the lower cost. I agree with that. Yeah. And EMS is a component of that, but the healthcare industry writ large has to figure out how to address a just-in-time model of care. And that's a challenge. In fact, back in 2015, the Institute of Medicine talked about a report called Getting to Now, how the healthcare delivery system needs to think about when do you want your care? We'll deliver it right now to you. The other piece of Baltimore City's apparatus of we're thinking about for mobile integrated healthcare is this transition piece. So you have somebody who was on lisinopril in the hospital. They transition out. Mm -hmm. They were on three different medications in their transition. And now those three different medications don't align with what their primary care doctor for sure. prescribed. Right. There's seven different medications. Mm -hmm. And the only people who start to figure that out are the medics who go into the home to say, well, let me unpack this. What is the problem? Why do you keep coming back to the hospital? Oh, it's because you don't understand the medications you're gonna take, and not because they don't understand it, because they have three or four different providers giving them medications that is not actually appropriate. Right. In fact, Baltimore City invested in a pharmacist embedded with our team no kidding. and a pharmacy tech that goes out because we realized, ready here for some data, yeah. 80 to 90% of our patients after discharge do not get the right pill at the right time for the right problem. I believe that, and it probably furthermore, they don't know how to take it or they don't know anything about it. That's exactly right. So there's a component there. Now, you're gonna to say to me, oh, this is Baltimore City. Right? Well, this is, this is the problems of Baltimore City. I will let you know, I have a family member in Naples, Florida. This family member in, in Naples, Florida has the exact same problems that we have with the challenges with regard to our Baltimore City. 100%, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Same exact thing, our community paramedic goes out and deals with this all the time. Yeah. Coordination of care, that's all she's doing. Yeah. 
Who, right. who knows better about the problems that the folks that go into the home, understand the resources in a community, understand the providers, both the providers, the physicians, the nurse practitioners, the community resources to address the needs of the patient. Yep. And to that end, Deputy Chief Mark Fletcher put together an integrated model. And Mark, you want to talk a yeah. little bit about how you've put together multiple different teams to think about the supporting the community paramedics? Certainly, certainly. So um, we have uh, three programs that we're working on um, possible expansion. Our first program is transitional health support, where we look at patients or select patients who are high utilizers at a 911 system, high utilizers at emergency department, or um, patients that are at most at risk for readmission. So our team, made up of Baltimore City providers, supported by a healthcare system, the medical center, we go into the home. So actually, we go bedside. Before when the leave. patient's being ready to be discharged, we go bedside. We talk to the patient. We tell them about our program. We say, we think we can help support you in your health, address some of your social, environmental challenges that you're dealing with, some of those barriers. Patient consents into the program. We schedule an appointment right there. So let me just tell you, our program, paramedics in our program have hospital badges. They actually go into, so that wall of between yeah. emergency department yeah. and pre-hospital really, is gone. Silo's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. So he, we have hospital badges for anyone involved in mobile integrated healthcare. That's wonderful. So, the, you know, the team goes into the home. Mm -hmm. We're doing a social assessment. We're doing a virus mental assessment. We're looking at activities of daily living. We go in and we're documenting. We think we're the only program in the, in the country that's doing this. We're documenting directly the paramedics into the hospital's patient care records. So then there's a team that's working the issues in the backstop, reading the notes in the health record and then starts helping support the health. The patient needs transportation, the patient needs a pharmacist, the patient needs a social worker. We're, now we're scheduling. We're gonna start meeting the needs, the social barriers to health. We're addressing those issues in real time. Um, we have the ability, our team, our double paramedic team has the ability. We can contact Dr. Marcosi if we have a question through telehealth. We need a second opinion or Dr. Marcosi says, hey, I wanna follow up and lay eyes on that patient. We can do that through telehealth. So upward, Patient safety, you know, trying to address the needs of the patient is always forthcoming and, and number our number one priority. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Let me put an, let me put a yeah. foot stop on yeah. it and an exclamation, <laughs> exclamation point on one thing. Yeah, we document an epic. That's great. We document an epic in both programs. So now you have an EMS system, Baltimore City, documenting an epic, so that not only are we are we able to follow a patient through that time, but that primary care doctor now sees. Oh, that's why that prescription was modified. Because the insurer, I thought lisinopril on discharge, but the insurers didn't cover lisinopril. The pharmacy recommends another prescription because that's the, what's covered in the outpatient sector versus the inpatient sector. And we actually bridge the gap on what the help with the, what the patient needs. Standing shoulder to shoulder in the home, only paramedics understand that the best. Oh, for it, sure. It has been an epiphany to me to, as a physician to better understand what my what the paramedics in our program are able to teach me, that I have I, it has been that has been embraced more largely across my med academic medical mm -hmm. center. Mm -hmm. I have now primary care physicians going. Well, can my can your mobile integrated health program pick our patient up? That's pretty. And amazing. can I go out to your home and see them? Can I see that? Hmm. It is revolutionizing how we deliver care. So then, how? I mean, I think the elephant in the room and a lot of people that'll be listening are like, oh my god, I want what these guys have done. But how, how have you been able to navigate sort of the, you're taking our nursing job or you're taking our home health job or whatever, because I hear that all the time. So 
clearly you've partnered with a health system, right? That is all on board with this. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that partnership works? Or? So, you know, from my perspective, we're not replacing nursing. We're not trying to move in. We're trying to form interdisciplinary teams to meet the needs of the patient. It's about getting the right resource to the right patient at the right time. Absolutely. And that's not necessarily always a paramedic. It's not necessarily always a physician. For sure. But it may be a social worker. It may be the pharmacist. It may, it may be nursing. So it's the formulation of the interdisciplinary teams coming together to support the health of the patient, not trying to fight over roles on who's going to be responsible. Yeah. Working working with each other. That's wonderful. I have to tell you, there's more than enough work. <laughs> Always been my opinion. So, <laughs> Always been my opinion. They're, they're absolutely. And I think, and we had, you know, when we started this, sure. we had to talk to the nursing board. I'm sure. We had to talk to MIMS. And we want yeah. to give a shout out to MIMS. They have been more than supportive to execute what we've done in Baltimore City. That's wonderful. And we also want to talk about, we are funded through the health, we are funded, it's, an, it's a novel model in Maryland because we have a capitated system in Maryland. So we are funded by the healthcare system for our state to execute a mobile integrated health program. So here's kudos to the HSCRC uh, to actually fund this innovative model. Um, and we have married up an operational construct with a very sound and robust uh, research and program assessment construct. So we will be able to tell you not only programmatically what we're doing, process, but we're also able to tell you risk-adjusted readmission data. That's we're awesome. able to tell you um, outcome data with regard to uh, CDC's Healthy Days model. Mm -hmm. So not only process, but outcome measures. Yeah. And we're trying to literally push the envelope on multiple different fronts. That's phenomenal. It sounds like you guys are doing an amazing job. So we've got just a couple minutes left. Final thoughts, uh, final shout outs. Tell us about it. Yeah, first of all, I want to thank uh, Deputy Chief Mark Fletcher for the work he's done to date. It, 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 we, are, we are better as a result of his, his innovation, his leadership for Baltimore City. The second thing I think is that this is, this is a new day for pre-hospital providers. Uh, this, uh, we need to think differently and we need to get on board quickly to execute this. And I want to commend CMS and CMMI for thinking about this yeah. for the 18-3 model. This is new, different. It is gonna, new and different means difficult and tough, uh, but it's something that we all can embrace. Fire chiefs, healthcare systems, and payers. It's time to come to the table and think about how to execute the deliverable and the vision, and they'll all come on board to execute that vision. So thanks for the time. Awesome. Chief, any last thoughts? So I think that was well said, um, and I, I want to put a shout out to Dr. Marcosi and the colleagues over at the Medical Center. They have certainly, we would not have been able to accomplish this without their support and help. EMS needs to learn how to move out of the role of, of being a transportation service and move into the healthcare arena, and this is exactly how we do it, by partnering with healthcare professionals in the hospital to support patient health. Absolutely. So we, we need to change the way we manage and we need to come to the realization that 70 to 80% of our 911 calls are not for medical emergencies, life-threatening emergencies. So we need to better manage these patients and change our delivery and our thought process. And exactly. All right, well, on behalf of Dr. Marcosi, Chief Rogers, did I say it right? Fletcher. Fletcher. I knew I told you I was going to screw it up. That's all right. Anyway, this is Mike Rakesh. You've been listening to uh, Stories from EMS World, part of EMS Garage and sponsored by EMS World. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.